Good morning, family of God. And good morning to our Zoomers. So my name is Corey Schlosser Hall. I and my wife Adrian and our daughters have been part of this congregation for about 10 years now. And I am blessed and daunted to be asked to preach the weekend after Dave retires. <laughs> but it is a gift to be part of this congregation and to watch what has happened with us over this last decade and to be open and curious to what is about to bloom. And may we find our way in this transition zone. May we find our way into a posture that opens us to what God is about to do remembering what God has done in our lives over these last years. Thanks be to God. So this passage that I'm going to read from this morning comes from Isaiah. It's a passage that Dave preached on on January 7th. And so if you want to know how accurate or heretical I am, you can go back and compare to what Dave said on January 7th. But this will not be a repetition. It's seeking to look for new ways in which to see this passage of the prophet Isaiah for our current circumstance, for where we are. So this is Isaiah chapter 43, verses 16 through 21. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse, army and warrior, they lie down, they cannot rise, they are extinguished, quenched like a wick. But do not remember the former things or consider the things of old because I'm about to do something new. Can't you see it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild animals will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. The people who I formed for myself so that they might declare my praise. This is the word of the Lord. So those of you who are new here for the first time, welcome. We're glad you're here. Whether you're Zooming with us or here in the sanctuary, thank you for being part of this community and for listening to what God might have for you this morning. And those of us who have been here for a while know that we're in an interesting chapter of life. We've had a beloved pastor, Dave Rohrer, who was part of this congregation and served us as pastor for 11 years last weekend. We celebrated his ministry with us and his retirement from active pastoral ministry of congregations. And it was quite a party. You guys know how to throw a party. Well done. And it was fun, it was joyful, and it was sad. And for some of us, a bit grief-filled as a transition like that might be. Now, all of us don't have the same experience when transitions like this happen. And who knows, some of you may be out there saying, oh, great, here we go, on to the next chapter. I kind of doubt it, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? We all have different experiences when it comes to transitions and experience it in different ways. 
And I got to tell you, as we've been anticipating this experience, for whatever reason, it took me back to high school and college. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was in high school, at the end of the year, when we were about to say goodbye to everybody, we would have gotten our annual for the year. We'd have gotten this annual and all of us would have our picture in it that we took in the fall with our awful hair and all those other things. And we would have those annuals and we would walk around to high school and share it with each other and ask, hey, Lori, would you please sign my annual so I can remember this year? Hey, Wayne, would you please sign my annual so I can remember you this year? Would you do that for me? And we'd walk around the last few days of school asking each other to sign each other's annuals. And it was, a, you know, kind of a, a festive celebratory experience to try to remember what happened that year. I remember one of the most common phrases that people would say in there was something along the lines of, hey, Corey, it was great to be with you in our homeroom. And this is not bragging, okay? But, you know, and, and you're a great guy and never change. <laughs> <laughs> or, hey, Sally, it was so great to be with you in band this year. I just love that we had to, got to go have this experience of marching together and all that kind of stuff. Man, I wish you the best and never change. <laughs> you know that sentiment? It's, what you, it's wanting to hold on to what you've had, wanting to hold on to these good experiences that, that developed, wanting to hold on to those things that you remember so fondly with hope and energy and desire. Now, not everybody had the same. I had a great high school experience. I know among you, probably several of you did not have a great high school experience. But in that great high school experience, we wanted to hold on to it. And in that kind of notion, that experience, it was something along the lines of, Corey, could you remember and stay the same? So a few years later, I thought, well, that's precious. <laughs> Maybe it was intended to be complimentary, but it's highly immature. <laughs> and it also doesn't match life or what God calls us to, because all of us know that staying the same is not a Christian virtue. <laughs> staying the same is not something that Jesus tried to get his disciples to do. <laughs> Staying the same is something that keeps us from growing, that keeps us from learning, that keeps us in a new kind of posture toward what might be as God calls us into a different future. So fast forward a few years. I grew up in the Dakotas, and so I don't know, maybe it was only people in the Dakotas that wished people to stay the same. But I grew up in the Dakotas, I eventually, as my wife might say, saw the light <laughs> and moved to the West Coast for one of those really important motivations. I did my first year of college at North Dakota State University. Go Bison. Follow the thundering herd. And, um, and then I went from a fierce, fabulous, strong mascot to kind of a weak wannabe mascot in, at the University of Oregon. <laughs> but you know, you can do anything with a mascot. Go on. 
You can turn a duck into a mighty fighting duck. You can turn Donald Duck into a fierce competitor. It's possible. Anything can be done with good design. So anyway, I became a duck and I met my amazing wife at the University of Oregon and we became part of a fabulous Presbyterian ministry. It was an ecumenical ministry. You know, there were there were Methodists and there were United Church of Christ people and there were people who had no Christian background and there were people from, you know, this Presbyterian thing, which I had never heard of. I grew up Episcopalian primarily. My mom, yeah. <laughs> so my mom was a Methodist growing up in small town South Dakota. My dad was a Catholic growing up in small town South Dakota. So they made an Episcopal compromise somewhere along the way. So we became Episcopalian. I went away from being an Episcopalian for a while. I came back to the church through the assembly of God because all the music was awesome. And, you know, I couldn't sing without crying in that context, you know, and something was going on. And then I, so I went up to the University of Oregon and I didn't know a Presbyterian from a Pescatarian. Apparently one of them eats fish. But, um, <laughs> But it was a fabulous ministry. We, on Sunday nights, there was a program we called Sabbath Eve. And our pastor was a guy named Tom Hager. He was a Presbyterian pastor. He connected us with the local Presbyterian church. And then about our third year in, he got another call. He was called to St. John's Presbyterian Church in Austin, Texas. I just about said San Antonio. Sorry, Austin in Austin, Texas. And I remember we all gathered one day on the floor in the K Center, is what we called it for short, the Koinonia Center. Called it the K Center, that's where we met. And uh, all of us who were part of this ministry gathered together and sat in there and we heard about this new call that he was being called to. And he was, and he was a beloved person. And it was very important. It's the first person who I kind of thought of as a pastor for me. You know what I mean? Rather than for my parents or for somebody else. He was our pastor at the time. And so I remember all of us sitting there and hearing about this and starting to cry. And I, for whatever reason, Tom was sitting on the floor and I was sitting in his chair. And I was standing there and I'm, I'm weeping because why is this happening to us? This has been a fantastic experience. And I remember saying in the middle of my tears, I remember just asking the question, but Tom, what are we going to do without you? And several of us, probably a dozen of us were sitting in that room. And I remember he was crying at the same time too. And he sat there and in his Tom sort of way, sitting, you know, cross-legged, Tom sort of way, he just sat there. Adrian will remember this, you know. He would do all these gestures. And I remember he looked up, he said, I hope that what you'll do is remember and be different. Huh, <laughs> I thought. And as I remember that phrase, I remember that time, I remember that poignance, remember and be different. It gives me some insight to what I think the prophet is saying to the Israelite people. Because you'll remember in this passage, there's a really profound moment where God is recounting the remarkable things that God has done 
for the Hebrew people, for the Israelite people. He said, remember, I brought you out of Egypt. Remember, you crossed the Red Sea and your enemies were destroyed. Remember, I brought you into this place. Recounting all the great things that God had done with their people that is in their memory. And the very next verse is, forget the things of old because I'm about to do something new. Now, for those of you who, if you've read your Bible or if you've been a part of a church for very long, know that we aren't very high on forgetting. <laughs> you know, we are recounting the ancient stories every week, right? This is something we want to recall and be part of our life together, learn from and grow from. So I don't know that the prophet is saying, forget these things. But I do think the prophet was saying, kind of like Tom was saying to us in that, Remember who I've been with you and for you. But if what you're trying to do in this moment is reproduce that, is reincarnate that, is do more of the same of what I did with you last month, last week, last year, to just create a duplicate, but a little bit louder and a little bit worse, <laughs> Remember that old camp song? Oh, the cow kicked Nellie in the belly. That was a terrible song. It was a terrible song, but oh, we sang it with gusto. <laughs> so, uh, and, then they, and then you say second verse, just like the first, but a little bit louder, a little bit worse. Right? That is not the Christian way. <laughs> I think what God is doing is saying, remember who I've been with you. Remember who we were together. Remember how we or shaped together in this last season. And I'm doing something different now. Behold, I'm about to do a new thing. The danger in these moments of transition is not that God won't be faithful to our present or our future. The danger in these moments is that we will hold on so much to what we hope would be from the past that we will have blinders on what God is doing with us in the present and for the future. We won't see it. The danger of the prophet said, do you not perceive it? Behold, I am trying to do something new with you. Can't you see it? It happens over and over and over again in the life of faith. Oh yes, that was a chapter. That chapter, some of it we wanna get rid of. Some of the chapter we wanna, we wanna learn from, but God is always doing something new in our life and always doing something new in our community of faith. And the danger is that we get caught flat-footed reproducing what we liked of the past rather than nimble-footed following the Spirit of God into who we are and who God is calling us to become. So if not remember and stay the same, what about remember and become different, but what's your remember and clause or phrase? As you walk into this next phase of life and you're following Jesus Christ, as you walk into this next phase of life as a whole congregation, as you walk into this next chapter, what will be your remember and? What will you fill in that blank with? Lori read for us from the hundreds of years after the prophet said this to the Israelites. 
Hundreds of years after that, the Apostle Paul said something interesting to the Ephesians. You'll remember from chapter 4, the Apostle Paul said to the Ephesians, the gifts that I gave you were that some would be prophets, some would be apostles, some would be elders, some would be teachers, some would be pastors, some would be a variety of things. God equipped you with this. Why? I gave you all these gifts so that you could grow up in me, to come to maturity, to come to the fullness of the stature of Christ. I gave all these gifts to you. These are gifts that live in you. Any body of Christ, you can find all these gifts in some kind of, I like to think of it kind of like an equalizer. Remember those old, well, I don't know. Some of us still have one, but many of us just do it digitally now. Remember the, an equalizer, you could turn up the bass and you could turn down the mid-tones and you could turn up the treble to get the sound just right. I like to think of these things that God calls gifts as different parts on the equalizer. You know, someone's got this capacity for prophecy. Some have this capacity for pastoral engagement. Some are teachers, some are evangelists, some are apostles, some are et cetera, et cetera. And each of us has these gifts in a different kind of modulated equalizer, if you will. But God says, I gave all of these to you. Why? So that you could grow up in Christ, so that you could come to the full measure and stature of Christ. And in a moment like this, like a transition between a pastoral leader and other pastoral leaders, we're going to join you and do this work together, help us grow up in Christ again. It's useful for us to be able to grow and see those gifts in what levels in each other, rather than focusing that on a pastoral leader or people who are up here in front. Focus that on one another. Become a gift finder. Become someone who hunts for the gifts of others. Become someone who pays attention to where do these show up in our world and in our life together and be willing to elicit them, draw them forward, help them come into life, into light, into being so that we might grow from this together, that we might become different, that we might become renewed, that we might step into this next chapter a little more mature than the last one. Because friends, you know the old saying, growing old is mandatory, <laughs> but growing up is optional, right? <laughs> and the gifts that God gave us were gifts to help us grow up in maturity in Christ. May we find ways to amplify those a little bit in this transition season. May we find ways to help those colors come forth I got to tell you, all you have to do is look to this past season of ways in which those colors became remarkable rainbows among us to see that you, we have these gifts in spades. I mean, 10 years ago, we did not have an Emmanuel farm that we learned about. And now there is Emmanuel farm that is a gift to our neighbors in ways that we don't even see or understand is a gift to us. And so many of us find ways to contribute, to amplify, to make something happen through Emanuel Farm. It's pretty remarkable. This facility was not here 10 years ago, 12 years ago. It's a new thing. Everybody found their way into contributing to making this a new, renewed creation. 
There's so many ways in which you can see the gifts of people contributing that create something new and help us grow up. I got to tell you that celebration we had last week, this Life Together team and so many folks that came together to just make that happen was pretty remarkable. The gifts of the people of God for the sake of God to come together for this. And I know there were people who were here who were not even part of this congregation, who were helping to serve. And one of them came to me and said, I've never been a part of Sunday mornings, but I am so grateful for this congregation that it was a gift to be asked to be part of serving for this moment. Never been here as part of Sunday morning. You have no idea what we do by growing up in Christ and be willing to shine that light a little bit to share that with others. So thanks be to God that God is at work with us. So if not, remember and stay the same. Maybe it's more like remember and be different. But in this moment, what's your remember and clause going to be? And may you find a way to bring that color brightly into who you are and who we're becoming together in this next chapter of life. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.